Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your Discovery Liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting-edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. Welcome back to the Discovery Doc Podcast. I'm here with your host, Dr. Cece, functional medicine nurse practitioner, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and crunchy mama, and my co-host. I'm Anna Kate, your medical mystery overachiever and discovery liaison. And we are back with the pelvic floor specialist over here. So pelvic floor specialist. Yes. So if you didn't tap into last episode to learn all the stuff about women's um, pelvic floor and those with the pelvis, we're going to tap into that other... the other half of our population that has a pelvis as well and talk about all of those things. So welcome back. Yeah. Thank you so much. Anyone to tag on anybody who missed it. We went through all things women's health with prenatal pregnancy, postpartum into menopause and just how pelvic floor therapy can assist women and how it should really be a staple in our wellness routine before there becomes a problem because when there is a problem, that means there's a lot of problems behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are back with Dr. Jital Pancholi, somebody that I appreciate and respect as a fellow professional. And I I refer a lot of patients to. And so, yes, what Anna Kate said is we want to dive in a little bit more in the lesser known areas of pelvic floor therapy And I would like to start with kids, I think. How can kids benefit from pelvic floor? What are some symptoms or or common signs that you see for kids being referred to you for help? Yes. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I am so excited to talk about this topic. I believe everything starts there into the life of our many adults. You know, they are kids, but they're just miniature versions of ours. And there are things that actually start there and define our adulthood. There are times that when I ask my adult patients, like, okay, well, how many, how often do you poop? Like a question very, very often in our conversation. Oh, maybe once a week, or maybe three times a week, or maybe twice a week. And I'm like, okay. When, how did you do when you were in your teen years? Or when did you, how do you think you were as a child? You know, and it's amazing. I would say nine out of 10 times, this is where it starts. Mm -hmm. So that inspired me to look back and start working on this population. And it's, it's honestly to create a better foundation for tomorrow. Um, Yes, I love working with kids who already have problems. A bedwetting and constipation are the two key issues that we see uh, in pediatric population. Honestly, leakage is 
you know, is very, very embarrassing. And this could be one of the biggest reasons for anxiety and stress and depression in kids in childhood. So if it, you know, because they're embarrassed, they don't want to play with their friends. They stink. People make fun of them. You know, they're embarrassed for all the different reasons. They start developing withholding behaviors because they just don't like to go to the bathroom at school. Um, This is often a lot of times, I think happens in majority of the families or habits that most of the adults as parents, we like to put on our kids like, okay, we're going to Costco. So let, why don't you go ahead and empty your bladder? But mom, I just peed like 30 minutes ago, but no, I want you to go and empty it again. Like that, those are things uh, that define and confuse your bladders too. So we just don't know there are habitual patterns to problems as well as uh, real pelvic floor issues. Now, someone who hasn't ever pooped at all in a toilet, even when they're age 10, that is that requires a lot of things that go on into their lives. And they have no other musculoskeletal in- issues other than they just prefer to poop in their diapers. They just prefer, have no sensation that they're pooping. Like those are different things that we work on. And I believe it's so rejuvenating when you see those kids come back to you and said, oh my God, you know, my, you know, when you get those parents to tell me, or even those kids to tell me, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing. They're so much better. I can't tell you how much, it's, you know, I'm very inspired by the kids I see. Um, they are so good about keeping a tab of their style. They develop these healthy habits they develop and they're so in charge. I believe that is so huge. I think the biggest takeaway is not just helping them heal with their symptoms, but to actually look back into, okay, I'm not just going to take Miralax because this is what started it. I'm going to look into the why of this even started. If we can't find out now, that's when we need to go to a specialist more and look into it. But there are so many things as pelvic floor therapists that we can do to just conservatively manage. Like there's no absolute side effect to everything that we do because in kids, we're not doing anything internally. Everything is externally. There's a lot of education. There's a lot of awareness. There's a lot of um, talks with the parents that we're actually going over. Understanding what could be stress could be a big, huge role in the kid's life and just because they're kids they're not they're they could be experiencing stress equally at their level they just have a different form of stress that they could be dealing with and we need to find out and help them through all of these and they just are all connected yeah so so what is a healthy evacuation schedule for or a routine i guess not necessarily schedule for um kids and adults how many times should we be should we be evacuating a day? And so what's a, what's a, what's healthy when you look at someone and they tell you about their bathroom habits and schedule, what is typically healthy? And then obviously on the extreme to one end or the other would be out, out of what? Yeah, a great question. Well, once a week is not normal. I can for sure tell you. And not pooping at all is also not a norm. Um, The norm, uh, by definition, scientifically, has a very, very different definition. But I love the practical version of what we can and cannot do in our lives. If we poop four to five times a week, 
and the consistency and we're emptying those poop. We're we're not rushed. We're emptying. Those are healthy pooping habits. The consistency of your poop matters the most. Just because you poop every day does not define that you're not constipated. You could be heavily constipated even if you poop every day. And um, to go by the feel, think about your poop should be uh, like a soft serve ice cream. Uh, it should be thick um, and fluffy and airy. I I know nobody's going to ever take an ice cream right now. And they're going to think about it. Chocolate. But this is the best definition by definition because kids understand that language. Yeah, I... You know, and I would always ask them, would you say your poop was hotter or softer than that soft serve ice cream? And they can really visualize and tell me. Mm-hmm. And going back to even checking, to even going and assessing, okay, I felt fulfilled. I felt finished. And or I felt unfinished. And most kids are unfinished, I'll be honest, because they're so much on the run. And um, even adults, like we're just so busy. I've had people who are like, if I don't poop here, I don't have time until the next day. Um, So that is a big statement, uh, I feel. Like, how can you not have time to poop? Yeah, I guess. That, was, that was just my question that went through my brain. How do you not have time to poop? And why does it take men so much longer? Why do they take, when you're ready to go, go to the bathroom, go poop, and then be done. It takes, it does not take longer than it takes to pee. I'm serious. No. Like, my husband, it'll take him 45 minutes. I'm like, what are you doing? What yeah. are you I have you're no idea. hemorrhoids by doing that. Get off the toilet and let's get with it. He's like, but I got to prepare myself. I'm like, why don't you just wait till you have to go? Well, he's heavily paid for sure. Right, he okay. needs to come see me. Okay. <laughs> but you, you made a good point with, and this was actually one of my questions, was how you approach kids differently than adults. So th- when we're talking about, and you hit a lot about the educational aspects, which I love and increasing their awareness, because kids, we don't trust them enough. Kids, they're so good. If you just talk to them and explain things, they are so good at following through and understanding and just being reasonable about it. But when we look at more therapeutic exercises, how does your approach change when they're in the office, any sort of actual physical therapy with them? Uh, That's another great question. As physical therapists, by definition, you know, we're the biggest mindset that I feel most people want have is as PTs, we all we do is exercises. Pelvic floor therapy is very different, very, very different. Um, if there are exercises that you can do as an adult in a Pilates class, you're not coming in to do that. We're here so that you can continue to do that. As a child, I want that child to play, to run around, not think about anything. Do not have fear for that, I mean, in limits, but um, but not be fearful or embarrassed that they're going to leak and not do that activity. They should not be feel uh, the tension of the community watching them or judging them for all the different reasons. And for that matter, I believe strongly is to let them free. I want to provide them the tools. So which is why with pelvic floor therapy, it's very hands-on. We're not, the difference is with kids, we're not doing internal. 
with adults, uh, you know, internal gives us that vision of understanding how the inside correlates to the outside. It's like looking at the two sides of coin. We don't always have to do it, but if someone's okay with it, it just gives us the two vision, like having your hands actually in those muscles that are not behaving properly, it really helps us know which and why, you know, from that aspect. With kids, I believe kids are um, just so pure, so natural. If we can train those mechanics well enough by just educating, nurturing, giving them things that they can self-reflect and understand what to look for, like, okay, what do you need those muscles to do? When you're trying to poop, do you want to tense up or do you want to let go? Like little things like that or being able to understand how do you position yourself? How can, what does bearing down mean? Like what are those different movements? So things, so many people don't know and understand how to poop because oftentimes what they do is tighten up or they're doing too much valsava, they're trying to strain, and that is actually creating a dis, you know, dyssynergistic muscle activation at the pelvic floor region. And as PTs, as pelvic floor specialists, we look at those you know, mechanisms. In an adult, it's easier to feel those muscles, but in kids, you can still see them. So that's the difference that's when, it, when we're working with it. And now a word from our sponsor. Most people don't realize the connection between the immune and digestive systems. In fact, 70 to 80% of your immune system lives in your gut. That's why it's so important to protect daily. Stellar Biotics are pioneers in immune and gut health with 20 plus years of science behind their metabiotic and probiotic supplements. They are all natural, proven, safe, and effective for everyone in your family, children, nursing mothers, and even pets. I trust them for my own family's immune and gut health support, and I hope that you consider them for your family too. Learn more at StellarBiotics.com and use coupon code DRCC10 to get 10% off of your purchase today. So going kind of progressing forward, you mentioned that with kids, constipation, bedwetting is, is a big factor and something that you can work on greatly with them kind of progressing more into teenage years. What are some common symptoms or signs that you see or reasons why you're seeing teenagers, or is that an extension sometimes of the constipation bedwetting aspect? I feel oftentimes it's an extension. Um, and you know, when it comes to GI related or back, or um, even sports related. I feel like that is another thing. Uh, when those, I mean, mu- even kids can have poor weakness. Even kids can have dysfunctions on how they are handling that particular sports. They're so busy. There are, there are some kids who do multiple things and their body feels the burnout and does not have the chance to heal. Or they're going through growing pains and those muscles are not able to match up to their growth and take some time to adjust. So they could have, I mean, we I've worked with people, uh, kids who have had knee injuries or knee pain. Just because they are kids does not mean we don't listen to their symptoms 
on what happens musculoskeletally in their body. And that could happen from a pelvic floor standpoint too, because pelvis is what transmits weight Mm. from your upper body to your lower body. And it's important if you don't have a good stability there, you're going to have distal or proximal issues. Right. Absolutely. And then kind of transitioning to obviously when, when you're talking earlier about bedwetting constipation, that can be male or female, that can be girls or boys as kids progressing into adulthood for men. What I, I don't think, I don't know one man out there that would say I need pelvic floor therapy. So I really want to take some time to go through you guys have both said this multiple times, but everybody has a pelvis. So everybody can benefit from this right. type of therapy. But for the men out there who don't know what it could possibly help with, can you give us some insight there? Well, yes. And there are pelvic floor specific diagnoses. There are non-pelvic floor specific diagnoses in both, in all three, you know, in, in kids in women and men, like all the three can experience these. When it comes to pelvic floor related, specifically, it does not, just like women, even men have a timeline, I feel. And uh, I'm seeing lots of younger men for the last, I would say in the last few years, there's been a big rise, especially after COVID when people are working from home um, with tailbone pain, back pain, um, deep pelvic pain, like huge influx uh, of those complaints. And I'm so happy that men are actually talking about it and seeking help. Uh, Yes, more commonly known diagnoses are related to prostate, like urinary leakage or urgency and prostate enlargement or post-prostatectomy or penile pump, like, you know, or... um, there are so many other things that even men's health can help with. Even in women, I feel like those are common things, whether it's tailbone pain, whether it's hip pain, back pain, it's not gender specific, you know, and it can happen in men, women, or anyone technically who has those muscles or pelvis, um, you know, when it comes to men and women. Men definitely have um, more musculoskeletal sort of related issues, uh, in my opinion, when they're younger and when they have more prostate related issues. It's usually a buildup of time on how the prostate creates pressure in that region. There is medical management that coincides with, um, with pelvic floor therapy that can help dramatically but at the same time pelvic floor therapy alone can still create like significant relief in a lot of people but there you know it totally depends on what their etiology is so guys i don't want y'all to miss that men out there i know i know who you are because i know you've told me that you've listened to our podcast so i'm calling out our men that your pelvic floor help with your prostate do not do not miss that because I know that y'all have a problem or have issues with, you know, and there's supplementation and there's other things. And then there's other markers that you've got to go to your proctologist to get situated and sorted through, but having pelvic floor therapy will help with that, all that area. And the women in your lives are very thankful that there is a solution to help with that. 
I do have a very specific question. So as a woman, obviously mechanics are very different than males. So how do you, as the specialist, as the therapist, assess a man differently than a woman? Obviously with women, we can assess internally and feel, I mean, physically feel the pelvic floor rising and falling and the control of that. It doesn't make it more challenging for you as a therapist. And then what Mm -hmm. are some, just what are differences um, because of the anatomy differences between men and women? Great question. Um, You know, women have two openings, men has one. We can assess internal pelvic floor from both the ends because your pelvic floor attaches all the way from your pubic bone. I'm going to pull my pelvis and I haven't done that so far. So I'm going to pull that. Visuals. All the way from your pubic bone to your tailbone is your pelvic floor. Mm. Okay, men, we can't go vaginally, so we're just going rectally. But we can still, everything red there is your pelvic floor. Right. Very so, cool. So it it is just how you feel it and how, like, you know, you can still see so much and feel for so much, even externally. And you're right. Uh, a lot of men who come to us are very unsure. They are not very comfortable in the beginning. They have lots of doubts and reservations. But when they come and when they see and feel the amount of relief that brings onto them, because it's we are doing things in a professional environment just like we would do in for women. And it is... We're not, uh, we have everything covered. They have a private room and we're doing everything after consenting with them. And we talk to them, we educate each and every way. Our job is not not just to do it and be done with. You know, we're with them for an hour, one-on-one. We take our time to talk through, assess through, treat through. So we're looking for the responses right away. So yes, men and women um, are, you know, there are ways we do differently, but women are really, I would say, more aware of pelvic floor therapy than men, just because they feel they're more comfortable, it's more well-versed, and most of the time they would relate that to pregnancy and postpartum, but like I'd explained, there's a timeline. Likewise, men too, um, it's just a different way of assessing it, but they deserve to be helped as well. And they're just because they're a man doesn't mean they have to live in pelvic pain, doesn't mean that they have to be wearing diapers, doesn't mean that they, you know, they have to defer their work schedule because of being in pain. Like tailbone pain is huge nowadays, especially in men. Um, And there is lots of things. It's it's very quickly, it can really help change the course of life between. And I like that you inform them along the way and educate them and equip them because that's a big thing um, that we talk about all the time is, yes, just because a doctor told me doesn't mean I understand why I need to be doing this or why it's important that I continue. So because we've had that conversation several times and it's like, here, take this. I'm like, why? I don't know. Like, are you just telling me to take something to take something, you know, on on an allopathic route? And it's like, I don't feel like I really need that. But understanding why and how it's going to help my body and how it's going to improve my quality of life is so big. And I think that that's such a big, um, so thank you for 
educating not only women who are a little more um, in tune with their body, but men, you know, just giving them that opportunity to learn about their body right. and improve because they don't have to be on water pills or do the things and do all the, I mean, I know so many that are just, they've gone that route, but I'm still struggling. Yes. And that this could help. Yeah. Are there any other kind of lesser known or unique symptoms that someone listening maybe could hear and say, wow, I have that. I never knew that pelvic floor therapy could help. Yes, a lot. But I would like to <laughs> name them. Let's go. Listen, love is your arm. All right. My, I am great. So one, one of the issues that I, I love working with complex uh, problems and I mean, pregnancy, postpartum, everything has its uniqueness, but I, I thrive and I love solving puzzles. I always did, even as a child and I still do. And I think those puzzles now are more for complex regions and complex things. Um, chronic pain, chronic low back pain, chronic back, you know, that is a huge, huge thing. Um, I would say it's one of the most, um, uh, most known condition uh, that is actually covered in physical therapy services. But traditional physical therapy can greatly help, but there's there are people who do not get complete relief. Um, I'd like to share a story of a patient who I had seen who had like 20 years of low back pain. And she was in PT for 10 years, three times a week, nonstop. We did pelvic floor therapy with this person. And for the first time in six, after six weeks of rehab, she said, I was able to go for a walk with my dog. I had no pain. I had watched a movie with my husband. I had no pain. And I was not scared of being in pain. And this person just cried. So those stories, you know, those are things that we love. And those are years of buildup. And um, that's one. I see is the other condition I feel is very, um, a lot of people are diagnosed with interstitial cystitis and it's a bladder condition, but many times, and it's often a follow-up because of recurrent UTIs. So somebody who has had recurrent UTIs, you definitely need to come to a pelvic floor specialist because we can really help change that course and even if you are have positive signs, you may have negative UTI. And oftentimes those are the times that someone gets diagnosed with IC, but there is so much that pelvic floor therapy can do to help. I think it's one of the first line of treatments I wish um, could be considered because it can really make change the course of your pain. The other, which is very close to my heart is vaginismus or pain uh, with intercourse, dyspareunia, like one of those conditions, which I feel is extremely, extremely common these days, but there is, you know, there's no real help or guidance for it. Um, most everyone that have that I've seen would say that, well, I told my doctor and they just asked me to take a booze or um basically it was gonna keep getting better within a course but it never really honestly did and 
you know, one story here I feel like is very close to my heart with, was actually for somebody who was married for the last 10 or 15 years and never could have intercourse and had, was on a verge of almost separating from her partner. And um, it's emotional. It was scary. She was freaked out. And um, the day we were able to change that, and it was not just one fine day, it was a whole process. And I, you know, it just was so amazing. That saved not that personal person's health, but it changed their relationship completely. They were able to have a baby and, you know, it was just a huge, I mean, whatever that goals are. I think um, there's less awareness of what we can do and heal people physically, emotionally and spiritually here. Um, and there is, there is actually a list when it comes to bladder problems, bowel problems, pain. There is a whole bunch of list and I can go through like at least maybe 50 conditions over the, you know, the stock and it's never going to end. But if you're in doubt and if there is things that you feel embarrassed for and you're not sure where to seek help, whether it's your vulvar pain or you're having burning sensation in that region, I think um, if you've had recurrent UTIs or you've had recurrent yeast infections, those are ways that your body is telling you some things. Or if you're in pain or discomfort, you know, um, definitely talk to your medical provider, but you know, we can do a lot of help looking around into why that even happened. And that's what we thrive on is not to treat just your symptoms, because we're sure we can help your symptoms. But to look into why that even started, so that you can be rid of them forever. Right. When you see a, a patient, and they make a lot of progress under your care, in general, what advice can you give to that person, whoever it might be, so they don't lose that progress. What does maintenance look like to you? Maintenance is huge, I believe. Uh, and it totally depends on uh, what that person is recovering from. Um, whether it's an acute situation or a chronic situation, whether it was pregnancy, postpartum. And I always like to tell them that this is where you're, you know, we have been able to help you through your journey. And we just don't leave off here. There's no concept of discharge. And we stay in touch. We do like follow-ups because things change. Um, it could be that physically things change into your body, but it could also be, and that's why, um, you know, pelvic floor therapy, especially in our practice, is not confined to a few sessions or few visits. We're spacing them. We're bringing them. Sometimes we're down to once a month. Sometimes we're down to once in three months, we're bringing you back to life into things that you love so that you're comfortable. But it's one of those things. I also see people on maintenance, like for chronic pain. Uh, there are people who just love to go for massage or have some other form of self-care for themselves. There are patients who choose pelvic floor therapy as their self-care option. And there is nothing like right or wrong into this. It totally depends. We use so many different things to help, whether it's cupping, manual techniques, dry needling, um, internal, external work. Like there are so many things that we do that ev everything that we do during the course, something has really changed. And there are some magical things that work for you. So we try to provide you with some things that you can obviously spot treat yourself with when things flare up. 
but then also ways to know that what has helped, like what's your magical recipe of things that your body heals better with. We all have a couple of things that our body really respond well to. And that's what we want to find so that you can have a sustaining progress. I love that you mentioned all those other modalities, because I think that in a lot of people's heads, pelvic floor therapy, especially for women, is just Kegels. Oh, please don't do Kegels. I'm sorry, I'm breaking that surprise now. Just, I, I would love for you to just expand or elaborate a little bit more and, and you've done such a wonderful job of explaining the ins and outs of how new, I mean, anybody could really buy it from it, from pelvic floor therapy. But I do think there's that stigma that pelvic floor therapy is just Kegels. Can you please debunk that? Yes. Kegels <laughs> are their enemy. Okay. They're not bad. So intrigued. Um, but they're not for everyone. Okay. Because for the following reasons, one, Most people don't know how to do them correctly. Secondly, nobody has really assessed whether your muscles are um, tight or weak. So traditionally, you're doing Kegels because you want to strengthen those muscles. But if they're really, really tight or tensed, you may not be doing yourself a good service by actually tightening them more. And nobody else could help you understand other than a pelvic floor therapist who knows how to really assess them. And... um, And oftentimes, you know, I tell people that pelvic floor is beautiful. It's supposed to just work naturally. It's supposed to support. There are other things that work on supporting your pelvic floor, like the muscles around your pelvis, you know, all the way, like it's, it's that transmitting piece, right? That supports your upper to your lower body. So everything else has to work in harmony so that that works optimally. Why do you need to do Kegels if everything else is working? But if you're doing Kegels, but nothing else is working, how do you think it's helping you? Right. Now you're just compensating for something else. Correct. So um, let's not look at one muscle. Let's look at your system on why you need to even do Kegels. Um, Kegels are, you know, very well versed in um, pelvic floor therapy. And I think that's what they relate uh, most people want relate pelvic floor therapy and Kegels together. Passive Kegels, um, you know, should are also a thing, you know. But at the same time, I think keg- uh, your body needs to be more self-aware. Those muscles need to find their grounding, and the only way they could find their grounding is by you actively understanding how the support system in your body works. Right, and how everything's connected. So before you buy an Oni egg, go see your pelvic floor specialist and see if you actually- always don't don't always. Do get yourself assessed. Give yourself that gift of lifetime. Get yourself assessed by a pelvic floor therapist, no matter where you are in your lifeline, in that journey. And um, it's only going to give you information. There's nothing more safest thing on this planet than this. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, on to that of reaching out to a pelvic floor specialist. How does our, um, how do our audience connect with you? So where do they find you on all the social medias and on, on the interweb? On the interwebs. <laughs> you can obviously reach me through our website and, um, you know, you can reach us through the website. We have a Facebook account. We have a, an Instagram account. Um, you can reach us through there as well. Follow us there as well. The name of our website is Encore Physical Therapy. 
And um, there, there's plenty of information on our website that talks through. And obviously, um, but there, if there are concerns that you have in specific and you're not sure whether or not that is something that pelvic floor therapy can help with, you can absolutely, we would love to help answer any questions you have. Uh, and you can reach us through our contact us page and leave us your info and we'll re reach back out to you and talk to you about that. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here. And we will make sure that all of those links are tagged below. So you can just scroll down into the show notes and give a little click. Um, so we do have some housekeeping for uh, the discovery podcast. So make sure that if you learn something from this episode, that you share it with someone that you care and love about, because if you learn something, they will learn something too. leave us a like subscribe and a review and a five star review on wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, or if you're watching us on YouTube. So we appreciate it because they all help. Yeah, right. That's very true. Thank you so much, Dr. Prenchel. You are just a wealth of knowledge. And I, I really do appreciate you opening somebody that are that's listening, whether it's for a kid or a teenager or a man, and just at any stage of life, thank you for contributing to this conversation about how pelvic floor therapy can help. We do appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me over. I appreciate this. Of course. And until Absolutely. next time, let's, let's discover together. together. Hey, Discover, let's discover more. Find episode link in today's show notes. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Discovery Doc. Connect with us on Facebook at the Discovery Doc. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit our website, thediscoverydoc.com. This podcast is produced by Soulpreneurs Association and powered by soulsoftware.co. Empowering your digital journey with innovative solutions. The content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc Podcast encourage listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another. The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.